Hey, hey, welcome back to Parents Have Special Needs 2. This is episode 60, and I am your host, Ashley Johnston. Welcome back, you guys. It is so good to be here today. It's been really fun to be on this journey and to see all the content that I'm putting out and all the people that are listening and hopefully all of the people it is helping. And it's just nice to know that you're not alone. And I feel that way even when I'm talking to y'all here. (laughs) And uh, anyway, I hope you know that you're not the only parent out there who is struggling in raising your child with special needs and trying to figure out what to do and worrying about how to make it happen. I actually want to share some experiences that we're having with our kids because it's interesting how such a small, small developmental win can be so huge for a parent raising a child with special needs when it's not even really noticeable for other parents. Not that it's not noticeable, but that it's perhaps taken for granted because it was learned so easily because the child learned it so easily by themselves almost. We've been doing therapy with my two youngest kids, Um, my daughter who is six, and she has a neurological genetic disorder that she developed, um, which affects a lot of her muscle tone, which affects her speech, right? And then my son who is two and he did not pass his autistic screening. So although he's not diagnosed, he had tons of those tendencies. So we have them both in therapy. I'm doing an intensive at-home program with them and we are seeing some wins and it's so exciting. Um, Small things like just this past week, the biggest thing I think with our son is that he went from being not socially aware, almost as if there was no one at home, to now there's clearly someone at home and he's starting to interact and be playful with other people and that's really exciting to see you know this is something that you know happens with a six-month-old baby and it's not even that it really matters what his age is it's just that it's happening and it's so fun it just gives you so much hope when the effort and the work that you're doing is paying off now for those of you out there that are having a time where what you're doing and you can't you can't right now see the reward of what you're doing I just want you to know that it can happen and eventually I think that it will and it does so keep it up I see you keep it up okay so today I actually want to talk about the fear of missing out but vicariously feeling it for your child and maybe it's not even the fear of missing out but it's the pain of missing out the pain of watching your child miss out because of whatever disability or delay that they have they're currently not capable of doing what they might have normally been able to do at their age. So I was thinking about some of them that I have seen and some of them that I have experienced, like moments that I've had pain for my child and then pain for myself and then when I've seen it happen with other parents. So some examples of this are like when you're at the park and your child wants to play with their siblings and the other kids on the equipment, but they're not capable of doing so, whether that's due to a social um, handicap reason or a physical disability, for whatever reason, they're not able to go and participate. Or just, you know, playing with kids their age, not being able to read or write so that they can't enjoy like your favorite childhood books that you want to share with them. 
not being able to do sports, not having a friend birthday party because they haven't really made friends, you know, because they're struggling socially with their social skills. It's interesting when you hit different milestones and you start to realize, oh my gosh, like my child can't do that. And it makes you rethink like, what am I going to do with my, with, with, with this? How do, how do I process this? But I think before that even happens, there's this sadness of, oh, they might be missing out on this life experience. This might be something they never experience, or they might experience it years later. And I've noticed in me and in other parents that I know that there's two kinds of pain that come with this realization. And it's the pain that you feel for your child. But then there's a different kind of pain when you realize that your child has realized that they're missing out on it too. When they get to be old enough or when they develop enough that they start to realize, I can't do that or I don't get to do that. You know, it's like the little girl that desperately wants to dance but doesn't have the physical capability to do so or sing or play a sport or write or, you know, any of those things. And it can be so, so heartbreaking because as a parent, you want to deliver those things for your child. You want them to have those experiences. But what if that's not an option? What do you do then? There's a couple of different things that I have found to be helpful in this situation and I want to share them with you now. But I want to explore first why the pain is there in the first place because that does determine what you do about it. So something that needs to be understood that is excessively helpful in addressing sadness and pain in this situation is that your thoughts cause your feelings period. So let's use an example. You're at the park, you're with your child, and your child's not able to participate for whatever reason in in play or in the game that the other kids are playing. Let's say they're playing tag and your child can't play in it and can't keep up with them and the other kids aren't, you know, they don't know what to do. So they're not necessarily including them and your kid starts to realize, oh my gosh, like I don't get to do this. Like this is, this is hard. And you start to feel sad about it what are you probably thinking in that moment you're probably thinking this is so sad I wish that my child could play or maybe you're feeling angry because you wish the other kids would be more inclusive so let's say the thought is this is so sad I wish that my daughter could play with them this is so sad that she has this disability that doesn't allow her to do that and then I want you to ask yourself the question would you be feeling sad if you were thinking something different about the situation? For example, if you were thinking those kids should be more inclusive, you wouldn't be sad. You would likely be angry. Same situation, same circumstance, different thoughts, different emotions. So if that can be the case and you could feel sadness or anger, could you not also feel something else, something more pleasant, maybe, if you wanted to? See, that's the thing, is that you don't have to feel happy about this. 
If you feel sad about it and you feel that that's how you want to feel about the situation, then feel it. That would be what you'd need to do next. If you have decided this is a sad situation or I'm angry about this and you don't want to feel differently than you do, then all you do from that point on is don't resist the feeling. Remember, you don't have to act out your feelings. You can just feel the anger or feel the sadness feel the heaviness and it might just stay with you for a little while and that's fine but if you decide that for you you want to feel differently about it maybe just neutral or maybe you know what it's okay because there's other things that they get to experience that these kids don't but if you decide that you want to feel something differently maybe something more positive then what you want to do is you want to rewrite the story or change what you're thinking about the situation and i don't like to go just hey let's just rewrite the story and believe this thing that we made up what i like to do is ask myself what else is true about what's going on here because what i've learned is that a situation has many sides of truth to it And oftentimes you can have a a sad or painful side from a situation and yet you can also have a positive or productive or useful side to the exact same situation. So I like to ask myself questions like, what else is true here? Can I be absolutely sure that this situation is sad? And only sad. Often for me, the answer is no. I, I, I don't think I can be absolutely sure about that. Another question is, why could this be the perfect situation for my child and me? How is this situation actually useful for us and our growth and development as humans? And you can come up with other questions along these lines where you're, you are opening up a space for possibility and being explorative with yourself about what else is true or could be true about this situation that would actually benefit me or help me feel something different that I want to feel instead of what I'm currently feeling. What can help me feel hopeful instead of sad? So some of the thoughts that I have come up with on some of these situations, for example, the parks example that we're going with, for me is perhaps one day she will learn to play with kids like this. Instead of being like, this may never happen, I always leave the door open for this isn't happening yet, but it could. And we're working toward that. And that helps me feel so hopeful and I really like that not because I know absolutely for sure that that is what the future will be but because I like how it helps me show up now for me and for my daughter and my son now please don't hear me say you shouldn't be feeling sad about this you need to make up a a story just out off the fly and try to feel better about this because it's because you shouldn't spend your time feeling sad for your kid or for you or for them missing out or don't you have to try to find the silver lining or whatever what i'm saying is you don't have to believe every thought that crosses your mind just because you think it doesn't mean it's true 
And even if it is true, you don't have to spend your time thinking about it. See, this is the beauty of having the human brain that we have. Other animals can't do this. But we get to choose what we think. We get to choose what we focus on. And as a result of that, we get to experience, we, we get to create what happens on the inside of our bodies, how we feel, how we experience the world. So if you want to feel sad, feel sad. If you want to feel angry, then let that be. If you want to feel differently and hopeful or excited or anything like that. So you don't need to feel like you have to change how you feel and you need to change your perspective. But what I do want you to do is be intentional about it. That if you're going to be sad about your child missing out on things that you wish they could experience, then at least know, I want to feel sad about this. Not, there's nothing else that I can feel and I'm at the mercy of my emotions and I have to feel sad about this because this is a sad thing. But that there is a possibility for you to feel different. You have a say in what you feel And that say comes in the thoughts that you think and the stories that you believe, the stories that you tell yourself that you believe. All right, guys, that's what I've got for you this week. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your kids. Enjoy the human experience that is so dynamic, that is absolutely awful and wonderful. It's really, really great to be a dynamic human. All right, I'll see you next week. Until then, take care.